First off, we're all, we're all dressed a little different today. I know it's nice to put on a nice outfit for Christmas, but uh, I can already tell you, my son does not like suspenders. Okay, we've already lost the suspenders this morning. I'm actually proud of him, though. He made it to the church with them on, so that was good. I'm proud of you, son. Uh, those were dad's suspenders, and so it was kind of nice for him to sport them for a little while. But, uh, and you know, it's funny, though, because everything, no Sunday school this morning, so it just feels a little different, doesn't it? But it's, I, I kind of, I'm sitting here, you know, like, oh, you know what? But you know what? I'm reminded in the moment. That's okay. In fact, I think I like this even better because this is real. And you know what? We need to be real. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Guys, this day of all days should be a reminder to all of us that God came to save real people. Real people like you and me. With all our flaws, with all of our uh, idiosyncrasies, with all of our mess-ups, I don't know about you, but I am grateful that God sent His only begotten Son for messed up people. And uh, if you don't know Him today, I pray that during this message that you will be still enough in your heart that you will hear the hope of Christmas, that you will hear what life and purpose is truly about. And it's about a relationship with the creator of all these things. The creator of you, the giver of life, the sustainer of life. He's real. And he desires a real relationship with really flawed people. And that's a pretty awesome thing. Today's message is entitled, One Size Fits All. Now, normally when you hear that, you know, it's Christmas time. A couple of you are going to get some of those presents. And I don't know about you, but the fatter I get, that one size fits all just does not seem true. What are y'all laughing at? <laughs> but seriously, you've gotten those presents, right? <laughs> you get an amen corner over here. Uh, but it's true. You know, it's like, I'm serious. Used to, the one size fits all. Oh, yeah, that's good. Hey. No, no. Mm-mm. I told my wife, I think our dryer's broke. Now, it really was. We got it fixed. But it's, I think it's over drying because my shirts keep drawing up. Especially at night when I sleep. Only a few of y'all, yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I said, you know, I knew when I was getting fat was when I was shaving and the shaving cream fell off my face and it didn't hit the floor. <laughs> I knew that. I was like, ah. Oh. Anyway, y'all pray for me. I'm working on a New Year's resolution. Maybe you'll see me more, Randy. <laughs> Gold's Gym. There's your plug. But anyway, one size fits all. Now, normally we do laugh at that. But today I want us to see this with new eyes because as I went through this text and poured through this text, the thought hit me, you know what? It is true. In this case, in this case, one size does fits all. So I know we can laugh. You know, it's the funniest thing I've heard. One size fits all. Ha, 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 says the fat walrus. We know what the fox says. Now we know what the walrus says, right? But you know what? I want you to accept the challenge. This guy accepted the challenge, one size fits all. He's having a Merry Christmas. I mean, look at that. Challenge accepted. One size fits all. Guys, I got a challenge for you this morning from the Word of God. And I'm asking you to accept this challenge. One size fits all. Let's take a look in the text. In Luke chapter 2, verses 21 and following. And when eight days had passed, before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus. 
the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end, that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak to him to, to continue to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Father, I pray this morning that you will simply allow me to be a vessel fit for your honor, for your glory. Lord, I pray you be lifted high here today. That folks will see you. Help our hearts to look to you in adoration and worship, praise and thanksgiving. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You know, a little boy was and this girl were at church one Sunday. It was Christmas, Christmas Eve, and they were singing their favorite Christmas carols. And the boy concluded Silent Night with the words, Sleep in heavenly beings. 
And the little girl looked at him and said, No, no, it's not heavenly beans, it's heavenly peas. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, if you're like the little boy and girl, sometimes we, uh, we, get the, we get the message wrong, we get the words wrong, if you will. Well, there's no mistaking this morning's message. There was no mistaking the message at the time in which it came, in which He came to this earth. Let's all kind of travel back, if you will, in time, in our own hearts and minds, and let's imagine what it must have been like. Now, for those of you who came to our Wednesday night study in the month of December, it was a blessing indeed. We went through the Christmas experience. Now listen, all of you have access, if you're a church member, you have access to the Christmas experience through Right Now Media. And I encourage you to go back and look at it. You want to spend the next few days really getting saturated with the message of Christmas? Go check it out. It's by Kyle Eidelman. And we, it was a great study. But in that study, we were sort of transported back in time, if you will, and we experienced Christmas, what it might have been like that first Christmas day. And part of the story that's included is this story that I'm sharing this morning. And so let's imagine what it was like Here's Mary and Joseph. They've had to travel to Bethlehem. All that's gone on prior to, all that's happened up to this moment. Now you find, again, this, this text speaks very strongly to the character of these two in that they sought to honor God every step of the way. And so we look into the text this morning and we see here in verse 21 that when the eight days had passed before His circumcision, His name was... Called, then called Jesus, which again, if you recall, Joseph was told to name him Jesus. And so they, the name that was given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb, and when the eight days for the purification according to the law of Moses was completed. That phrase is important. Underline that throughout the Gospel of Luke, if you're ever doing a Luke study, by the way. If you want to get an exegetical on this, we, we went through this many years ago. It took many years. But you can go back and listen to that, and, and, and you'll get a more in-depth uh, of this text. Today I just sort of want to graze the surface. But here's the point right here in the beginning. Mary and Joseph honored God in all that they did. And that phrase, according to the law of Moses, according to the law of Moses, over 24 times you'll find it here in the Gospel of Luke, it's pretty important. And why is that important? I think it speaks again to the character of who they were. They sought to honor God with all that they did. But it's also important in order for this child to be who he claims to be. If he is God incarnate, if he is truly the Messiah who has been promised to deliver their people from their sins, then he had sure better be able to fulfill the Mosaic law in every point, in every way. And so Luke, the writer, is wanting our attention to be drawn over and over again that this is the Messiah. This is God's gift to mankind. This is God enrobed in the flesh. And so in order to do that, in order to especially speak to the Jewish people, because imagine, you're a Jewish person. Let's imagine that if you were that Jewish person, and that as Jesus was an adult, and He came to you proclaiming that you've seen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and how would you accept Him if you knew, well, He wasn't even circumcised. 
He hasn't kept the law here or there. No, they could not say that. In fact, when Jesus was on trial later in his life, he said, which of you can accuse me? Basically, he's saying, tell me what I've done wrong. Show me my fault. Show me where I have not fulfilled the law. And they couldn't. And so I think the writer is writing here. And he's wanting us to know this. So the first thing I want us to talk about here in this text, as we look at this one size fits all, I want us to see the parents. The parents. And you notice here in verses 22 through 24, this is what we find. Those days of purification according to the law were completed. They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male that opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. So I wonder, why did God entrust this to them? Why Mary? Why Joseph? Now, you can go back and search the Scriptures and find... Uh, some of the things that are mentioned there. One thing that's said about Mary is that she found favor. She found favor in the eyes of God. Here's a teenage young girl, a virgin, and she found favor in the eyes of God. You know that word favor is from the Greek word charis. It's Greek for grace. That's an important word as we go through the Christmas story. Why Mary? Why Joseph? Simply put, God's grace. Well, we also find in this account this morning the prophet, verses 25 and following. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now think about this. Imagine this. Now we don't know for sure how old this guy is. But he's pretty old. Alright, some have guesstimated he may have been as old as 113. Now, I don't know where they got their math, but hey, uh, he's old cat, alright? And this man is hanging on to a promise that God had given. Now, now, now just think with me for a second. Let's ask ourselves this question. When it comes to the prophet, we looked at the parents. What about the prophet? Why was, why was his prayer to be answered yes? I imagine in this time period, there were a lot of people, Jewish people who were still praying, even though there had been basically 400 years of silence before any prophets had spoken, they had not heard from God. And so I imagine for almost 400 years, there were multiple generation after generation, people upon people, crying out to God, Lord, could this be the day of, of Your coming? It, it, Lord, let me see the promise. Let me live to the day to see the, the, the promised Messiah. Is it any different for you? Don't many Christians today still pray, Lord, come? Oh, if I could, if I could live to the, to the time of the rapture, if I could be alive at the coming of the Lord, what that would be like? Because Scripture does make a promise. There will be a generation that will not see death. They will be alive at the Lord's return. Lord, 
your will be done, but wouldn't that be kind of awesome to be a part of that generation? So this is where I think this old man Simeon is. I think he's hanging on. He's been praying. And, and because this man, and we see again, his character is there in Scripture as well. He was devout. He was righteous. He was just. He was a man of God. He was a man who longed for the things of God. Guys, we can stop right here with application. Parents, are, are, are we... Parents who, who seek to find favor in the eyes of God? Or are we parents who desire to follow the Word of God like Mary and Joseph? Are we like the prophet Simeon who, who would be considered folks who long for the coming of Christ? Righteous? Just? No, not in our own. Of course not. Neither were they. They were flawed people just like us, but had faith in the promises of God, the Word of God. How serious do we take the promises of God, the Word of God? Is it at our very core being? Why was his prayer to be answered yes? He was a fervent follower. Fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much, right? I imagine this man tore up the knees seeking God. I imagine this man was a very devout man, as the Scripture says he was. And he too found grace in the eyes of God, not because of who he is, but because of who he is. And then we find the prophetess. So here's this man Simeon, verse 27. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all people. Before I talk about the prophetess, let me add this in regards to the prophet, Simeon. He, had, he knows who Christ is. This is a man who has no doubt been in the Word of God and he is in tune with the Holy Spirit's leading. And he knows that this is the one that's been prepared in the presence of all peoples. Notice, he says, it's a light of revelation to the Gentiles. He is a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He recognizes that Christ's coming was not only for the Jew. It was for the Gentile. His point here is one size fits all, folks. Whether Jew or Gentile. This gift from God is to all. Whosoever will, let them come. He's a light of revelation. And the glory of your people, Israel. Notice verse 33. 
And his father and mother were amazed. They marveled at these things which were being said about him. I mean, can you imagine? This, this is not the first time. Again, Luke has captured this many times throughout his gospel that Mary ponders these things in her heart. And, so, and he will continue to say that. But imagine what that must have been like for these parents. To, to see this man come in, to, to hear these statements that have already been made by shepherds who have come, and, and I don't believe the Magi have come at this point, but the things that would begin to happen throughout his life, and, they just, and just the amazement and the marvel that is taking place. Guys, let me ask you this question this Christmas. When's the last time you marveled at the things that are said about Christ our Lord? When's the last time you and I have been amazed at the Word of God? When's the last time you've marveled at the things which are spoken of Him? Verses 34 and 35 says, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end of the thoughts that for many hearts may be revealed. You know what he's saying here? He's actually saying really not much different than what was said in John 1 in verses 11 and 12. Remember that text where, where John writes, he says, He came to His own and His own did not receive Him. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in His name. What's he telling Mary? He's telling Mary this. He says, look, the coming of this Messiah is going to do two things. Even Jesus Himself said that His coming would cause division in this sense. You either receive Him or you reject Him. It's truly the difference between heaven and hell what you do with Jesus Christ. But His grace extends to the world. His grace is extended throughout the halls of time. Whosoever will, let him come. If any man thirst, if any man hungry, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God's grace is upon Him. And so, we see the parents, the prophet, and now we see the prophetess. Why her? Why her? She also, she's a faithful follower. Notice what it says about Anna, verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. <laughs> That's a polite way of saying it, isn't it? Some of you ladies are advanced in years. She was advanced in... By the way, you are noticing there is a change also in my reading this morning. I am reading from the NASB. If Nate's watching via television, he just gave a clap probably. Now, he prefers the ESV. Here we go. 
And the prophetess Annas, the, the Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her, um, after her marriage and then as a widow to the age of 84. She was advanced in years, wasn't she? Because <laughs> she'd been married. Now, we're going to assume she got married, even if you say in her teen years, she was with him for seven years. And she's been a widow for 84 years. Now, I'm not real good at math. This is going to put her 100 plus, right? Which, again, speaks to the one size fits all. Whether you're young or whether you're old, he came for you. Listen to this. It says in, in, in verse 38, oh, no, let's back it up. And then at verse 37, and then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayers. Whoa, senior saints, let's better take a stop right here. That's some praise and worship going on right there. Now don't ever think you're too old, you're too old to, to, you know, I can't serve Jesus, I'm just too old. Uh-huh. You better look at Anna and Simeon, all right? There's lots to be done, folks. And we can start with... Looking at this wonderful example in Scripture of this faithful follower, as many of you are, praise be to God. So we notice here that um, this prophetess, she was a dedicated servant, fasting with prayers night and day. She's a thankful servant. Notice what happened uh, when she comes into the scene here. Verse 38, at that very moment, she came up, and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of Him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now guys, if you fell asleep, you might want to wake up on this one. I love this reaction. This is the way we as followers of Christ should be reacting. But, you know, I just kind of picture, I, I'm just, I know, I'm a little warped in the head. I, I think a little differently. But, you know, I just imagine what this scene was like. Because first off, you've, you've, you've got this old man, Simeon. Oh, oh, hallelujah. You know, he's going to, hey, playing with a baby. And, you know, here's Mary and Joseph. Like, oh, creepy old man. I don't know. Do I want to hold, hold my baby? You know, I, I mean, just imagine. Because, you know, a new parent, you're, you're a little overprotective. You know, it's like wash your hands ten times before you hold the first baby. But by kid number four, it's like, yeah, here, catch. You know, <laughs> we know. We know. And so I imagine here, as you know, Simeon, hey, you know, and he gives this beautiful prayer and praise and spin. And then, uh, so Anna, because you know these two cats hung out. You know, you see, Dean, you thought you were doing the first seniors get together. No, no, Simeon and Anna had it going on in the temple a long time ago. You know, seniors night. They probably were. So Anna hears all the commotion. Oh, ah! <laughs> you know, she comes over. She's getting in on the action. I told you I was a little like that. But anyway. I imagine it was a big commotion, and rightfully so. I mean, think about everything their life has been consumed with. This lady has served faithfully in the temple 84 years, fasting and praying, worshiping God, and here He is incarnate. I mean, you know, I know how you, you older ladies are with those little babies. Oh, you know, I bet you Jesus had kisses all over his face. I mean, you know, that's okay. Man. But notice what she couldn't do. She couldn't be still about it. 
She went and told everybody. Anybody. Everybody. Notice what the text says. It says at that, when she came, thanks to God and continued to speak of Him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. All those who were looking for redemption. Let me tell you about Jesus. Miss Jean didn't have nothing on this lady. I mean, she was, she was trailblazing, right? Telling everybody about it. Guys, we have the greatest news that could ever be told or shared. Why are we not sharing it? I mean, we have forgiveness of sin. We're messed up people. We do messed up things. And yet a holy God loves us enough to extend grace, to step into the time and come and robe Himself in the flesh and then go to a cruel cross at the hands of His creation when all He needed to do was speak and decimate everything. But no, instead, full of grace and full of truth, he, he desired to seek and to save that which was lost, which is you, which is me. Why would we not share that news? Why would we not tell that to the people of our Jerusalem who are seeking redemption? We say, well, they're not really seeking redemption. Yeah, they don't know what they need. They're blind. They're lost. And that's why when a blind man steps on your foot, you don't knock him down. We do our best to, as God did with us, and offers to come and let us reason together. And so we, we attempt by the grace of God, through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, to reason with those in our Jerusalem. Because they're seeking redemption in alcohol. They're seeking redemption in drugs. They're, rede they're seeking redemption in sex. They're seeking redemption in everything else that falls short of the glory of God. And yet God reaches down to us with a hand of grace and extends it and says, whosoever will, let them come. And He's invested that message into every one of us and He sends us and says, go. Tell them of the good news. And we, we ought to be like Anna. Full of worship. Full of praise. Full of thanksgiving ready to tell all who seek redemption. Hey, you got an opportunity today. Uh, I wasn't in here for the announcement, but I'm sure it was shared with you, and we'll share a little more after service, that, if, hey, if you're going out to eat somewhere, I, I don't know if you were planning to go out and eat somewhere today, but we've got a little packet that shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all we're going to ask you to do is be really super generous to that waiter or waitress, yeah, that means you might have to dig a little deeper today in the, in the pocket. But you know what? They're working Christmas Eve. They're working Christmas Eve. Something tells me they probably need a little extra. You'd be amazed at how a generous gift of a financial blessing in that moment could speak volumes to the heart of that person. And with that will come a gospel tract. A DVD of the ministries here, if God should see fit to draw them, that's His business. But the most important thing is the news of the coming of Christ. Maybe you weren't planning on going out. Maybe, hey, maybe 
Maybe you change your lunch plans if you want. Maybe you hang on to it and take it next week somewhere. The point is, guys, we need to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, the prophetess, she was indeed a faithful follower. And then last, we see the promise. Verse 39 through 40. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The grace of God was upon him. Why Jesus? We understand why the parents, they found favor. The prophet, fervent follower. The prophetess, faithful follower. But why Jesus? Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, He was a fulfillment of faith. You know, we've been, we've been looking at this in Hebrews. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. We've seen this. You should know this. We're studying it. If you want to flip over there, it's fine. Hebrews 11 says this, now faith is the assurance, do you get that? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Do you think these people have been hoping since the beginning of time, since the fall of man, that God would follow through on the promised seed of Messiah? Oh yes, oh yes. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. Guys, as we've been learning in the book of Hebrews, the same way the Old Testament saints were saved is the same way the New Testament saints are saved. By faith. It's by grace through faith. By grace through faith. Jesus was a fulfillment of the faith. He was a fulfillment of that which had not yet been seen but was hoped for. You too have not yet seen Him. You await His return. Just as He came the first time, He will come again. He's the promised Messiah. He's the only one to ever fulfill the Mosaic Law. Think about it. Even Moses. You know, they're they're bringing Jesus to be circumcised. You remember Moses almost got killed by God. He almost got smitten by God because he didn't circumcise his child. Go back and read it. Right? Right? So here's Jesus fulfilling the law as he did throughout his life. Matthew 121 uh, said, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He's a fulfillment of faith. Acts 4.12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He's a fulfillment of faith. John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Can I offer you a gift this Christmas? God's already offered it. We just simply need to share it.
You know, I was given this poem when I was out visiting the Ladens last week. And Aaron at his workplace, someone had given him this poem. And I want to share this poem. I, I think it's a good way to kind of close things out. By the way, this, this, this plays into my, my fun tradition on Facebook where I do a Twas the Night Before Christmas uh, play on things. Uh, see me later. Twas the Night Before Jesus Came is the title of this one. Is the title of this one. Listen to this. Twas the night before Jesus came. Twas the night before Jesus came and all through the house. Not a creature was praying, not one in the house. Their Bibles were laying on the shelf without care in hopes that Jesus Christ would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not once even kneeling or bowing ahead. And mom in a rocker with baby on her lap was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With a light like the sun sending forth a bright ray, I knew in a moment this must be the day. The light of His face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning like He had said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw Him in spite of myself. The peoples whose name have been written with love, he gathered to take to his Father above. With these who were ready, he rose without a sound, while all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long. And this sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if only I had been ready tonight. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is drawing near. There's only one life, and when comes the last call, We'll find that the Bible was true after all. In the book of life which he held in his hand was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name when he said, it's not here. My head hung in shame. Is that you? If that's you this morning, can I offer you a gift? It truly is a one-size-fits-all. His name is Jesus. And He came to save His people from their sin. 
It's time to stop playing games with Jesus and come to the one who's full of grace and full of truth. He offers you eternal life. Will you receive it or will you reject it? Let's pray. Father, you know the heart of every listener. You know the heart of this preacher. Lord, search us. Whether it's a need of salvation. Lord, salvation belongs to you. Only you can do the work in the depths of the heart. That's not my place to, man- to meddle or manipulate. But Lord, if the Spirit of God is, is dealing with a listener today, Lord, I pray, I pray for their soul that they won't wait. They'll recognize that there is a need. We're all flawed. We all fall short of the glory of God. And the truth is, if we got what we deserve, we do deserve death. But Lord, I'm so grateful and thankful that you loved us enough that you wasn't willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And you provided a way through your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know Christ as our Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray today they'll humble themselves, they'll turn from their sin, and they'll cry out to the only one who can save them. They'll call upon the name of Jesus Christ to be their Lord and be their Savior. You said as many as receive Him, to them He gives the right to become the children of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of works. It's a gift of God. And it's my prayer you will receive that gift today. God knows you. He knows where you're at. He knows your battles. He knows your struggles. If you would simply, with childlike faith, call upon Him, He makes you a promise. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In this moment, call out to Him. Maybe you're here and you're dealing with other issues. Maybe there's other things. Can I encourage you? One size fits all. Jesus is truly the one who covers everything. I don't know what you're facing, whether it's health issues, whether it's financial struggles, marital issues, family strife, whatever. Cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. He has already demonstrated His love to you in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. How much greater love could be displayed than that which is found at the cross of Calvary? Cast your cares on Him this morning and receive the greatest gift you can receive. That is that burden lifted to know that a sovereign God who cares for you has this under control and you simply need to yield and surrender to His will. And Lord, that is my prayer. For the ministry of community, my family, my life. Not my will be done. Thy will be done. Thank you, Lord, for this moment of worship together.
Thank you for the examples found in Scripture of the parents and the prophet, the prophetess. But most importantly, thank you for the promise of a Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. If you made a decision for Christ today and that you responded to His drawing and you, you believe that the Lord was dealing with you and you want to talk to someone about it, I am available. Um, you need to talk, you call me.